Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. We are here with our monthly death metal check-in. This month there is no proper issue of Dark Knight's death metal, but there is uh, there are one, two, three, four tie-ins we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm Brian, with me as always, there's Zach and Vince. Uh, I would argue, boys, that more happens in at least one of these than happened in issues two or three of death metal. Would you agree with me about that? Oh yeah. I I mean, I would argue that one of these is an issue of death metal in all but name. <laughs> yes. I agree with you yes. on that as well. I, I wonder if that was because it features a different artist and there's some sort of like a deal where it can only be called death metal. If it's Capullo mm. kind of like, like uh champagne Yes, only if it comes from the Capullo region can it be called death metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Masson champagne. <laughs> Do you know that one? Do you know the the uh, Orson Welles? Yes, of course. Paul- yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway. So, yes. so let's get to this. So, Vincey, you're going to walk us through Trinity Crisis, correct? Yes, Absolutely. Death Metal number four. Yes, essentially Death Metal number four, written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Francis Manipal, and uh, take it away. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> well, I don't. We're not going to go like page by page with these or anything. No, are we? Um, no, but so basically, um, yeah, this really is the fourth I- issue of Death Metal because it follows what what I think is fair to call the primary team that we've been following throughout this. Of course, I'm talking about the Trinity of Superman, Batman, and Harley Quinn. Um, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> but, but really it does follow those, um, those characters and, you know, they've pretty much been our guides through death metal. Um, it opens, I think, you know, before, uh, when we talked about issue three and they indicated that, they would be at this point. They would be going into the crises. Uh, we said something like, "Oh, I bet that that's what's going to happen in Trinity Crisis, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that <laughs> that kind of happens in this, but not till the very end, right? So, so we'll walk through it. But the, but it opens up with. Uh, these like gorgeous Francis Manipal single pagers of all the different crises. So you get Crisis on Infinite Earths, you get Infinite Crisis, and you get Final Crisis. Now I think it's interesting and notable that like there are seven crises that have been established, and that includes Zero Hour, Flashpoint, Convergence, and Metal. But those are not really discussed as part of this. Like when they talk about the crises, they're talking about those three that I mentioned. Yeah. If I recall correctly, they actually use the term like they delineate it as like the three major crises or something like that. Sure. Interesting. And those other ones do get lip service in a later issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. But they're not treated the same at all. Um, Second crisis. Yeah. (laughs) So. uh, So, yeah, so it opens with that and it kind of. You know, it talks about the importance of crises in the DC universe. Um, it it sets up the stakes again for all the characters as they split off into these different teams. Um, the way that the teams are split off kind of corresponds to the way the tie-ins are split up that we're going to talk about, which is a, a little interesting. Um, so they talk about how the Green Lanterns are going to take out those human antennae that... Uh, essentially the tuning forks that are stationed uh, to um, tune all this dark energy at Perpetua. Uh, Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl are going to go after Perpetua herself. And the uh, Trinity and Harley Quinn and Swamp Thing and Jonah Hex are going to be going to Castle Bat to try to infiltrate the crises. And um, along the way, there's some cool bits. Like, there's at one point, Swamp Thing has to, like, call upon the green so that he can burrow into the earth and use all the green to create a tunnel that can sneak them into Castle Bat. 
Um, when he does that, they run into um, Barbados. 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 Barbados yeah. is, yeah. is, is the island is nation. Island. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they run into Robin King, who says some uh, more edgelord shit that he always says when he shows up. Um, he also says like awful character. He says something like, "Bet you didn't know I was a Robin." <laughs> like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, and what's it? Aren't you? Aren't you guys excited to talk about that one shot next week? Oh. Or next month, I mean. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, it's gonna be, gonna be dope. Um, um but ba- basically, then it it ends up the heroes get by all these uh, challenge. There's a bunch of uh, of extra dark Batman that are sent at them at at one point. There's, can we talk? Uh, can we talk about the best of the extra dark Batman? Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's Black Monday. No, Solomon Grundy Batman. No, that that one is is fine. What is the grimmest one though? The grimmest one? The yeah. pearl. The pearl. The pearl? Yeah. I yeah. I'm over the pearl. Oh, it, it's 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 terrible, but I love it. It's um it it's like the most purely distilled Batman bullshit in one place. Yeah. So explain what that is. So the the pearl is so basically uh Bruce is fighting these ultra dark Batman and uh, he comes upon this. It looks almost like um, almost like Black Manta, where there's this like curved hooded top for this character, and he's like, uh, "It's too bad I'm it's not a afraid." Gundam. It's a Gundam. It's a Gundam, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, "It's it's too bad I'm not afraid of bats." And she's like, "Good thing I'm not a bat then." And uh, peels back the the helmet or whatever, and you see it's Martha Wayne under there. And it's, of course, a pearl because we all know uh, her pearls broke uh, the night she was murdered. You know, blah, blah, blah. We've seen it a million oh, times. Yeah, I, I know. It's a, it's a rarely, happened. rarely mentioned part of Batman lore. Um, yeah. So then oh, I, I saw... I, 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 oh, go real ahead, quick, Zach. Vince. Now, now I, need, I need the dark multiverse world where Bruce is Shinji and <laughs> Thomas Wayne is... <laughs> Is, is um, Gendo? Yes, is Gendo. Yeah, I need yeah. that now. <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, yes, yeah. That's basically, yeah, that is what this is, isn't it? Um, well, we know that Scott Snyder has incorporated like My Hero Academia stuff into his work, so like maybe, maybe he and his kids. What? Well, that would be twisted. Yeah, like, he probably he won't his... get to like to Evangelion for like another few years his kids need to grow up a bit more yeah unless he was poking around on Netflix um but the the thing is is that like the week after this came out uh there were a bunch of people being snarky on Farmers Only about how uh uh city folk just don't understand (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly sorry about how uh, about how the, the the Dark Knights are all supposed to be um encapsulations of bruce's greatest fears right so they're like oh this doesn't make any sense by that and i'm like no why are you looking at death metal for any fucking logic like come on and also (laughs) his fucking parents died like that could totally be why isn't that a valid fear (laughs) right 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 i'm not defending that i'm not defending that shitty character i'm just saying it's you know it, it's it's not like he was imagining, I don't know the the, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Like there there there's an in story reason why he would be terrified of a of a weaponized version of his mother. No, there's definitely there's a there's a dark multiverse Bruce whose parents died after seeing Ghostbusters, and there's a there's a <laughs> there's a Marshmallow Batman for sure. <laughs> the the Batman who roasts. <laughs> Now I'm picturing uh, Dan Aykroyd getting ghost head while wearing the cowl. (laughs) When someone asks you if you're a new god, you say yes! (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. Yes, indeed. In the DCU, what would it be? It would be like the, um, the, the, the... 
the soda cola man or something. <laughs> uh, it it would be the uh, the Chacos man. The Chacos man. The Chacos man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So so yeah. So uh, eventually. They get past all these challenges and they sneak into the different crises. And uh, we see Bruce get into the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and he comes upon a, an anti-monitor that that identifies himself as the anti-monitor to Bruce, um, but looks nothing like the one that we know. So he here he's more like a kind of like a small and ghost. He kind of looks like a wispy. He can shift his form. He kind of looks like an ethereal uh, creature, like some sort of ascended form or something. He almost kind of looks like uh, Shane a little bit. Yeah, kind of look. Yes, yes, like yeah, um, or like or something like about it, his face. He's like very. He has like a Martian like face. Martian like face, maybe kind of like Shane and the Apex Predator version of Luthor. Yeah. Like, like some combination of that because he's like gray also grayish mm-hmm. um and and you know he he says something like bruce don't you recognize me i am the anti-monitor or something like that then we see superman uh stumbling upon uh, final crisis where he's fighting like an omega symbol superman and there's a dark side with these like big tusks coming out of his face um and and then wonder woman is of course in the infinite crisis reality uh, where turns out she she comes upon Superboy Prime. Superboy Prime has been the one narrating all of this all along, and she and he tells her that uh, in all of these crises, the heroes didn't win, and so the bad guys got to shape the reality, and that's why everything's different. Um, before we get into this a little more, did anyone else think that it was weird? a weird choice that Bruce was in the crisis on infinite earths world. Well, like, like yes. I understand why wonder woman, I understand why wonder woman would be in the infinite crisis one. Cause that's kind of her thing now. And like Superman does belong in final crisis too. But like, if you're talking about which member of the Trinity has more to do in which crisis, I would think Bruce and Clark should be flopped. Um, I, I I will be slightly pedantic here, and I will say that oh, no, just let, let me let me finish. You asked a question. Depending on when in Final Crisis this takes place, Bruce might already have been shot with the uh, the bullet mm. at this point. But that wouldn't really affect that. Would yeah. But I know our Bruce. But I do get what you're saying. You know, but I would just say I'm just you know just just in I don't know. Yeah, that's the only no, thing I can think right. of because because you're right. I mean, I would think that Superman is far more important to Crisis on Infinite Earths in terms of at least the iconography we have. Like when you think of Crisis, there's like five things you think of, and one of them is Superman holding Supergirl dead. Like that's yeah. There is no iconic Batman image associated with that. No, Bruce had almost nothing to do in Crisis, really. Right. I remember we commented how how old fashioned it felt. Because there wasn't a Batman leading the event. Yeah. It felt like a relic of a different time. Yeah. But that's fine. I just thought that that was was interesting. So, Zach, you were chomping at the bit to... um, No, I wasn't. ...shit on this one. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you said before the show, I can't wait to talk about how bad this was. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Not not in so many words. I Um, remember it differently, but okay. Oh, Um, you just... Well, have to throw me under the bus. <laughs> um, you're just mad because I won't feed your your horniness for digital video game sales online. Um, no, I mean, I I did I had some issues with this as an issue um, for a few for a few reasons. Um, one of which is not the art. The art is fantastic. Francis yes. Manipal is always good. My issue with this issue, especially compared to the other two that we're going to cover, um, the other two one-shots, uh, this this feels like it should have been an uh, issue of Death Metal proper. And mo- the, the most of my criticism is just going to be like conjecture based on how I know events go. And if I'm off base on this, I'll, you know, I'll take it all back and apologize personally on, on the next episode. But 
this issue like feels pretty crucial for the events of death metal it picks up from issue three and it ends up in a place it, it it not a ton happens in this issue but enough happens that if you go from issue three to issue four you're going to be missing important information you know yes the, the trinity went from point a to point b and you're going to need that filled in you know jonah hex dies he's been in a you know featured character in the book so far um a lot of stuff happens and that probably means that at least like four to six pages of death metal number four are going to be taken up recapping this yep. <laughs> um which is bad because this already recapped like yes the the plan for all the teams which was yep. already laid out in a previous issue exactly yeah so just from a structure standpoint i'm annoyed that this issue exists the way it does i get why it does like this is probably stuff that was going to be in death metal in some form, but they needed a skip month and maybe Capullo needed a break. Yeah. Like it makes sense why it is the way it is, but just like structurally it's just kind of like bad event form, I think. Whereas the other two tie-ins that we're going to talk about tell stuff that definitely could be in death metal proper, but, but it makes sense be. that it spins off. What'd you say? But it likely won't be like it, there's probably well, yeah. not space for all of that. No, I I mean like in like say say if if death metal was longer, you know, if it was a twelve issue series, that that stuff could make it in there sure. in some form. But it makes sense that it's spread off into its own thing, definitely, um, and it works on its own. Whereas this doesn't work on its own necessarily, and and I think it's maybe the the, the weakest for that reason. Yeah, I'll I'll add to that. I feel like on one hand, like you said, this is all stuff that should have happened in Death Metal proper. On the other hand, almost nothing happens except Jonah Hex dies here. Like we yeah. we get a little bit of action stuff, but all of the action is is serving the eventual goal of getting the Trinity into the crises. And I feel like if that was the point. All you really need are four to six pages, like you said, Zach, in another issue. You don't have to show how they used, you know, uh, the green to open a hole to get there and how, you know, the, the, all those things are fine comic book elements and they weren't necessarily bad. They just seem really unnecessary. And it seems like we're going to get this recapped. And the recap will probably do a, a more succinct job of telling us what happened here. And so we just, you know, paid for and read a book that will either be recapped in a future issue or will be made will be somehow rendered irrelevant. Like I, I could actually see there being a world where Death Metal Four begins with the three Trinity members coming back and saying like the plan didn't work. The crises were changed. I'm like, <laughs> oh, if that's that, grim. And, but but if that but if that's the case, like then there's no reason for this whatsoever. And, and I think there's a non-zero yeah. chance of that happening. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And and the the point that you mentioned that's a good point is like, yeah, this is a a lot of uh, kind of essentially fluff in an issue that's cost two or uh, one or two dollars more than a normal death metal issue. Um, and it's it is 35 story pages long when it when it probably could have been trimmed. I mean, it's it's not bad. Like I would probably give this issue like a uh, uh, maybe a seven for for the art alone. You know, it looks really really good, and and the the writing isn't bad. You know, there's some like really good moments for characters like Swamp Thing and Jaro and um, Jaro's actually very funny and yes, like this, more yeah. so than this is a very good Jaro issue. Yes, what I was yeah, going to say is yeah. this this feels to me kind of like I'm going to forget the name of the issue now. There's an issue when you read the Final Crisis trade. Like the it's like it, it's essentially in the exact same spot as this issue. Is it is it the black you mean lightning the submit issue? Yes, yes. Yeah, we're, with we're, black lightning. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're like if if you didn't read that, you'd be missing quite a bit of the final crisis like overall mojo. But there's nothing in that issue that you couldn't probably glean elsewhere. But it makes the story so much richer. My fear is that this isn't going to make the story that much richer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Alfred boxes were funny. <laughs> yes, they were. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Vince, any any contradictory oh. thoughts to us? Oh, sorry, Zach, go ahead. No, go. You go ahead, Vince. I need to find something, and then I, oh. I had one other note I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> yeah. No, you guys nailed it, and yeah, I I, I really loved the idea of them entering the crises be- before reading this one, and then and then while I was reading it, I kept waiting for it to happen, and the longer it took the more I realized before I even got to the last few pages that like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to be the cliffhanger. And that's not really... I understand why all three of these books, the the tie-in books, minus Justice League, that we're going to talk about in this episode, I understand why they exist, because they all tell a, a story of this team going off and doing something else but this is the one that doesn't actually accomplish that. And so it's weird to think that this is going to go into death metal four and round this off when structurally this issue would have been so good if they just would have gotten into it and, and done the crisis thing within the first five or six pages. And that's sort of basically the same shit you said, but yeah, no, but but I, I think you said it well. Um, I'll also say that to me, this is the problem with like modern comic events is that because there are so many tie-ins now, it, where it used to just be like, all right, well, the Trinity has to go into the crisis. And so they go to Castle Bat and they do that. Now it's like, well, we have the space. Why don't we tell the story of how they got inside Castle Bat? And that doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. But it's just, it's, we've become, everything's become so decompressed that you can, you can justify having people pay $5 or whatever it is for a story that ultimately just doesn't, doesn't add much to the bottom line of the event. And And you know, what's weird about it? Like the weird thing about it is that I want these character moments in my comics. Like part of the, the, like the, the best stuff in this issue was the Jaro stuff, the, um, Swamp Thing stuff, the Jonah Hex and Harley Quinn stuff. But, like, honestly, I, I want more of that stuff in the week-to-week, month-to-month comics. And when it comes to events, I want, uh, you know, plot, 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 you know? Yeah. So I, f- I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm uh, looking a gift horse in the mouth because I really do like that stuff. And I think Snyder nailed a lot of it in this, you know? But, and maybe this is, this is just me. This is, you know, this is me uh, being subjective. But, like, when I think of a big dumb event, I want a little less of that stuff in favor of more going on. When I'm thinking of a, a monthly comic or a bi-weekly comic, I want more of the character. I don't know. I, but I'll, Maybe that's also, asking too much. No, I, I don't think it is. But I'll also say that all the character moments could have happened in so many more interesting ways. If in the first five pages they went into the, the different crises, you could have had Jonah Hex and Harley Quinn talking in Infinite Crisis while surrounded by a much more interesting and, you know, special setting of the past or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. there also isn't a, like, to me, it would have been fun to spend five minutes, and I know that's not, a, I know that's not a, a demarcation of comic time, but just to, to spend a little bit of time in the familiar Infinite Crisis. Like, it would have been cool if they dropped him in the middle of something that you recognize, and then you notice something's wrong. Oh, wait, this isn't the Infinite Crisis we knew. But they spent all this time hyping up, we're going into these three very famous crises, crises and then you get there and they look nothing like it and it's over so you you don't even have the fun of revisiting those crises you have the idea of fun of revisiting those crises but never actually get to the fun part yeah um two things i did want to say is um this this issue though and the space that it's given and also you know with the other two that we're going to talk about and kind of just death metal as a whole so far the I think the best thing that I can say about Death Metal so far is that it is the one that feels the most like Crisis on Infinite Earths mm. of like any Crisis since that book, just because of how much room and space it has. 
sure to, to tell these like wild stories um i don't feel like which you know infinite crisis had a, a million tie-ins and so did well final crisis had fewer tie-ins but they both had tie-ins but i don't think either of them ever kind of captured the scope of original crisis and th this book is definitely doing that and it's it's i think it's good for that reason the can other I, thing can, is can um, i ask a question before you yeah. do the next thing do you sure. do you think that's because for crisis on infinite earths it was it was essentially the last story of the pre-crisis timeline so they could go hog wild and in a way because this is ultimately going to end with them resetting the timeline. So because mm -hmm. there are because there's no real consequences, they can do whatever Snyder can do whatever he yes. wants. That's why there's more. Do you think that's why? I I think that's I th yes I think I think that is possible um, because this you know doesn't have to exist in the confines of continuity right now, which some have said is a bad thing, but I think is very much a good thing. Not that it's not in continuity. You know what I mean? It's it's like the end of continuity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is very good. Comics should do that more. Um, all of my favorite, okay, not all of my favorites, but like Secret Wars does this well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, as, as I was going to say, is the scene um, in this book where they're going, they jump into the portal and they're kind of like flying through space and um, they're saying things like, um, uh, we'll find a way right now. We just have to land where, where they're supposed to. The energy is directing us. Hold the memories of our victories in your mind. Uh, this is Kingdom Hearts. They're just doing Kingdom Hearts right now. <laughs> this is a scene from Kingdom Hearts 3, like almost exactly. So and This must have been your favorite scene in comics ever. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's coming up later. Oh, boy. Um. Anything else to say about uh, Trinity Crisis? I I can't say enough how good the art is. This is like every every time Manipool does anything, it's the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> yeah, I mean the downside of that is he's doing so much less lately, but what yeah. he's doing is so great. Yeah, um, and I I think I'll take that trade off with him. Do you guys agree with that? Or would you rather see him on a monthly book doing good, not great work? No, because I think we all kind of were a little disappointed in some of his uh, Justice League proper work. Yeah. Um, so this is good. I like this. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Speed Metal which is written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Eddie Barrows. Um, so this issue uh, does a couple of things. First of all, I, I really do think that you, this issue is enhanced if you've read the last arc of Williamson's Flash run, uh, because the, there there's a lot of, of sort of uh, Flash family stuff that happens here. Um, and did... Does, does this... Is there any like indication that this happens before or after that? Because I haven't read that yet. I'm not caught up. Um, didn't didn't Williamson himself describe it as the actual finale to his Flash run? So I think it happens after. That that would make sense, actually. Yes, I believe I believe it does take place after. Um, okay. so, that, so that's really important. Um, I also want to note, as I mentioned to the boys before we started recording, in my notes it says the Wally simp has logged on. So I'm I'm going to be pretty effusive in my praise of a lot of this. So basically, this issue does three things. It gives us a primer on what Wally West has been up to, essentially since Flashpoint, but really since um, the Rebirth special. It tries to make some sense of the Doctor Manhattan Wally stuff, and also kind of sort of the Heroes in Crisis Wally stuff. It, it tries to give you a Wally that is ready for the next step while purging all of the sort of, sort of shitty stuff that's happened to him, uh, both shitty in continuity terms and shitty in just like being written by Scott Lobdell terms. Um, and so a lot of this issue is about Wally not only reclaiming the mantle of the Flash, but also... There's there there's stuff here that goes back to, to Crisis on Infinite Earths in some ways, 
um, the, with with Barry and Wally. So uh, I don't want to go through this sort of beat by beat. I just want to talk about a few things in general and then get your thoughts on it. Um, Williamson does a lot of stuff here that you could tell he maybe wanted to do if his Flash run was going to be longer. You know, I don't think we ever saw a Black Flash, like the the, the essentially the Black Racer, the 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 Flash of Death. Uh, I don't think we no, ever that saw did, that. That did happen, I think. In Williamson's run, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I believe the Black Racer showed up for like an issue or two. Okay, but it was it wasn't a major part. But we, we get we get like a sea yeah. of dark flashes. We see him use the Johnny Quick formula, which That's I love. One of the best moments in the issue. Yes. It's so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um and uh that's a, that's like a pure golden age comics thing right there. It's so good. Uh we also get a little bit of stuff from the Flash War storyline that happened a little while back. And all of this just serves to be this meta commentary where where Barry Allen in like the emotional climax of the series of the issue rather, he apologizes to Wally essentially for 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 letting Wally not be not have his his rightful place, like not just in the Flash family, but sort of in DC Comics. Like Wally at one point says something like I've saved the multiverse many times, more times than I can remember, but people only really remember you doing stuff. And, you know, Barry says at the end of the issue, like, Wally, lead us. And there's a way to read this as, like, the start of of a new Williamson story about Wally. Well, he said he's not, Williamson has said he's not done right in the Flash family yet. And I oh, can, that'd be fantastic. I can, oh, that'd be great. I can almost see this as like the backdoor pilot to now letting Wally have a book. And... What, if, what if he just writes another hundred issues of oh, Wally? Man. <laughs> Sign <laughs> that'd me. Be, that'd up. be good. Yeah. Um. Am I am I off base? You think? I read this whole issue almost as kind of like a meta repudiation of definitely like john's for putting barry back on the pedestal but even yes. like morrison for bringing him back definitely definitely for putting him on a pedestal yes. this this seemed to just walk everything back and say like okay we were wrong to to make wally second fiddle again i i thought too but then but then i also thought well they're not they're not gonna he's not gonna take over for Barry, you know, like Barry will be the flash because of the TV show and the movie. That's just the way it is now. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and that sucks. But yeah, if it was that, if like coming out of this, Wally was the, the flash lead and, and Barry was still around. I mean, that's Vince Nip. That's what I want. I want all these heroes to, to, to kind of take a back seat, not to get killed off, like, I don't want Barry to be killed off again. I would love to have Bruce still around. Bruce? But I'm, I'm talking about different heroes now. I, I oh, meant to okay. say Bruce. You know, yeah. as an example, like okay. Bruce. I would love to have Bruce still around, but I want the Bat family to take the spotlight, you know? Same with, same with Superman. I mean, Superman probably has to have a more prominent role than, than, than most uh, of the older heroes, but, like... Again, let's get that extended cast in here a little more. Let's let's give them the spotlight. That's the fondest memories of DC Comics is when that kind of stuff happens for me. The the dream of the '90s DC is alive in Vince. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but really, I mean, you know, that was that was when you had Kyle and Barry and Jack Knight and the Android Hour Man and um, uh, Connor Hawk. And you know all, all these characters were were taking the man the mantle of even you know, Ryan Choi, you know all these characters yeah. were, take, were taking the mantle of the originals. And in a lot of cases, the originals didn't necessarily go away. Some of them did, but the, a lot of them had other had other roles, you know, uh, in the DC universe. I I think what gets tricky is, like, not just because DC likes its Trinity, but I feel like in general three generations fit really nicely and so for a long time the three generations were the JSA, the JLA and the Teen Titans. But now mm-hmm. like I don't think any of us want Wally to be a teenager again, right? So so you're you're, you're why we need five generations. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Love it. Um, but, you know, like I do think, like, you, you can't – it's hard to, like, retire Barry when there's still a J running around, right? So I think, yeah. you, I think you have to change the paradigm. I don't know. They did it for 20 years, though. <laughs> Well, well they killed they him. killed that's him the though, thing. Right? like yeah okay well I that's a form of like retiring though <laughs> yeah but but here's the thing I, I I think you can do it and I don't I don't want these heroes killed necessarily like what I see what you mean yeah yeah here here's my thing and then I'll and then I'll shut up but like we just got a hundred issue run with Barry Allen as the flash right mm-hmm Williamson, it was a pretty good run. You know, it, it had some ups and downs, but but definitely more good. It was than, solid. Than, it was solid. I mean, easily the best Flash run in, what, over like over a decade? Yeah. Uh, so, I would say the best Flash run, gosh, I don't even know. It was certainly pre-Flashpoint. You think yeah. it? You you mean like since pre Flashpoint? I, mean, I I can't think of a, I can't think of a run I've, since Flashpoint. I mean was, like the last one that was like yeah like John I I've never read John's Flash I feel like the not the like second one but the one with Wally I feel like that's like the last major touchstone. And and that ended in like two thousand and four two thousand and five something like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like. We we just got a hundred issues of Barry Allen as the Flash, and Williamson pretty much put him through the total ringer as far as like all of his Rogues Gallery is concerned. Like, what do you get? You're gonna follow that up with what? More Barry Allen Flash just doing just just recycling the villains again, or maybe inventing a new villain or two? Like, I I I just don't think that that's very interesting at all and so you know he can still be the flash and run around in the background or or, or whatever but like man why not do something else at this point how, how are you gonna follow a hundred issues of barry allen why not take a crazy chance yeah exactly yeah well, so, so here's my pitch which zach's ears are gonna perk right up for this because i'm gonna reference james robinson's jla Take a drink, everybody. <laughs> like when, <laughs> no, listen. Walt is just hooting I know. and hollering. Walt, Walt is hooting and hollering and drinking and drinking a beer, laughing at us. But um, in that run, there were seven characters that were not the primary avatar of their family. Like you had Dick Grayson, Batman. You had Supergirl. You had Jade. You had Jesse Quick. And so I would love to see the main Justice League be Wally West, Kyle Rayner. Connor Kent, you know what I mean? A Dick Grayson, and, and and let you can still have a Flash solo book, but when when the chips are down and the DC universe needs its Flash, make that Flash Wally. Mm-hmm. To me, that seems very reasonable. This is a good book. Um, I think while um, this will not happen, but I, I want Wally to keep the blue costume so bad. I like it. Linda likes it. Um, <laughs> you got to make your wife happy. Um, are you saying that Wally's a wife guy? Oh, he definitely. <laughs> All the flashes are wife guys. Every yeah. Of them. Rebirth, Rebirth was really built around being a wife guy, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that not that like what the whole like um, the lightning rod concept is based on is just being a wife guy? Mm-hmm. essentially yes um yeah uh, you know how you know this is an eddie barrows comic lots well, of weird grinning no although oh. i guess that could be it uh the way <laughs> i know is when heroes costumes get damaged or destroyed they just uh have like <laughs> clearly demarcated circles appear on their <laughs> costume like just perfect holes appear yes <laughs> yep Yep. Trade, but it, trademark it looks, Barrows. Oh, it, it looks, looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah yes. it's very good. This is the good um, Eddie Barrows. Yeah, it's really good. This is I the Martian Manhunter so Eddie Barrows. The the bit where um just in the middle of the story for no reason, um their costumes just get death metaled. Yeah, yes. Which they, they all look great. I mean stupid, but like like good stupid. Well Barry and and Wallace's 
make sense, but Jay just has that leather jacket with a chain that it makes no sense at all. Uh, but second, it looks great. Yeah, for a second, I thought like, oh, Jay's gonna be wearing a Sergeant Pepper out, <laughs> but it wasn't. It, it decidedly wasn't. But that oh. would make sense for him. Like what? Like, well, he must have thought that when the Beatles were, you know, back in the day when the Beatles were playing, like that was metal to him. <laughs> Oh. He definitely called Barry like long hair at some point. Oh, yeah, Jay, exactly. Jay didn't listen to the Beatles. Of course not. No, he hated it. He was he's just like Don Draper. He shut it off. Yeah, yeah understand definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. Tomorrow never knows. What the hell is this? <laughs> um, one thing I'll say about the the costume change for Wally is that like, I agree with you, Zach. I I love the blue. Take away the Manhattan symbol, obviously. Yes, but like, sure. yeah. I, I love the blue for him, but in the context of this issue, I I did kind of groan. I mean, not kind of. I groaned when like the costume went away and he he was essentially wearing the post crisis, uh, just just regular old Flash costume. Like that felt like such an earned moment. And then a couple a few pages later, he's like. Uh, yeah, but but we're in an event, so I, I really got to put this other thing back on. Well, I, I'll push back against that I... slightly. Just just because I think to the average person who's not a continuity like guru, it was confusing when Wally and Barry were wearing almost the same thing. I know. I'm I'm not really making a criti- I like, know, I'm not I know, really I know. criticizing it. I just thought I just thought like like oh that was such a great moment, and then he's got to put the bullshit back on. <laughs> didn't it didn't bother me really yeah but i mean i think it goes without saying i loved this issue i thought it was very good i thought it, i thought i thought it's equally as effective as a piece of death me- it, no let me re- re- rephrase that it's more effective as a piece of williamson's flash run than it is a piece of death metal but i enjoyed it quite a bit i, I yeah i agree and I, kind of like i was saying earlier how the this is like a moment that could have appeared in de- in death metal and it probably just would have been a few pages, but I think it actually benefits from being expanded on. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Trinity crisis, I feel the opposite. Yes. All right. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, justice League number 53 and dark Knight's death metal multiverses. End. stay tuned. You guys good to go. I'm good to go. Yeah. I, I didn't say Barry sucks so much in this comic. Like, <laughs> yes, he's the I mean, absolute worst. Barry kind of sucks in general. Like, yeah, I know they, I know they try with him and like, they try to make him like the, into the funny guy, kind of like Wally sometimes, but man, he's just, he's not Wally. No. This issue he's shows you why Wally is the best flash. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with the first part of the Doom Metal event, well not event, uh, arc in Justice League, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Zermanico. And um, I don't have a ton to say about this issue, and I'm going to guess you guys don't either. I think there was some fun stuff in here. I really like the team that is forming here with uh, Hawk Girl and Luthor and um, Dick Grayson and Detective Chimp. I think that's a fun core of a team. And we've heard some other members who will be joining that team later on. And all of that is is good and fun. Uh, there was a really cool moment where Dick uses Kendra's mace as like a trapeze to do some... Uh, uh, you know, circus shit. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I also like how, while riding on a uh, while riding on a metallic horse, D- uh, Dick tells Bobo 
the entire saga of being Rick Grayson. And um, <laughs> and and Bobo's like, I did not ask for this, essentially. <laughs> okay. Neither did we. Yeah, okay. Bobo I'm speaks sorry, for all I'm of us. Republican. Yeah, I don't care. That is a throwback <laughs> to a, that is a reference to an episode of the DC Three Cast that came out like six hours ago. So go listen to that. One. <laughs> so get on that. Yeah, uh, man, the timeline is broken. <laughs> yeah, the timeline is broken here. But overall, I thought that this was you know, um, this is a a fun way to tie the justice league in but I've, i'm going to tell you right now i can't imagine anything happening in this being all that essential to the overall metal storyline i i see this as giving lex luthor something to do because he was so important in the lead up to this but he seemingly doesn't have too much to do in death metal itself do you guys disagree with that at all i think uh, you're spot on yeah, I think he'll be really important at like the very end, sure. but he he needs something to do between now and then. Um, I th- I think that this issue rocks. I think it's really good. I think the art is fantastic. I think the the characters that Williamson has chosen for this are really good. Um, I dig their costumes. They look super dumb and cool. Um, <laughs> I love that Dick's riding on that robotic horse from Themyscira. Um I think this is like a good vehicle for um, for this uh, tying back to No Justice with the Omega Titans and having this big dark universe uh, or dark multiverse Omega Knight and then having this um, this Martian Manhunter evil Batman. It's a good vehicle for for you know dumb dark multiverse ideas um i i dug this i thought it was fun i'm i'm excited for this for this tie-in yeah i mean there's nothing bad that nothing bad on this issue it's fun it just seems to me like this is probably the slightest of the tie-ins we've gotten so far in terms of anything that's tried to push story forward we've gotten lots of tie-ins that are like looking back on weird dark multiverse stuff that mean nothing but in terms of stuff that's bringing the story forward i think this is probably the slightest we've gotten so far well it's tough i i would guess yeah i mean it's it's the first of a of a five-part thing it's you know gonna be a right probably a little decompressed you know it's gonna be over a hundred pages of of story telling a story that's probably you know not not super consequential um but it's fine yeah, I agree pretty much with exactly what you said. Um, yeah, I thought the art was fantastic. Zermonico is turning um, into one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do think that this arc's probably going to have some good story beats that pay off of like Justice League specific stuff, um, because you're kind of setting up this like conflict between Luther hot girl and martian manhunter which was such like a core part of justice league and that thread hasn't really been resolved yet i think that's probably where we'll get the emotional payoff for that um so it's fitting it's fitting that it's taking place in justice league yeah i also think um i also think that the the death metal books are starting to with the tie-ins and with this or the one shots and this tie-in um they're starting to show they're starting to envelop some of the other dcu stuff in and show us like kind of what matters even outside these books to scott snyder and company and like like by bringing up the great they could have easily just ignored the grayson thing in this yeah but but they didn't, and so they're 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 clearly saying, well, like, okay, this is something that we're we're not going to ignore for the time being. We're going to rope that in, among everything else. It, it this event is just kind of telling us what DC's actual story concerns are, um, because that's very much up in the air. I think I think a lot of the books outside of Death Metal, there's a real feeling among people of like, well does this matter or doesn't this matter? Should I remember this or should I forget about this? You know, and I think the event is starting to tell us kind of, no, this all, all of this stuff 
is stuff we're still very much concerned with. So that said, I wouldn't be surprised if we never hear the name Rick Grayson again outside of the Nightwing book written by Dan Jurgens. After after the relaunch, I'm sure. Yeah, I think even right now, I think that might be the last we ever hear it referenced outside <laughs> yeah, of maybe. outside of that book itself. Sure. Um, all right. To take us home and talk about Multiverse's End, here is Mr. Zach Wilkerson. Oh, my goodness, this book. <laughs> um, Multiverse's End, written by James Tynion IV, illustrated by Juan Gedeon. My goodness, could there ever be a, a, a tie-in that was more Zach Nip than this book? <laughs> um, so this this book is about the the team led by the Green Lanterns who go off um, to try to destroy the the multiversal tuning forks that are feeding power to Perpetua. Um, and the, the Green Lanterns team up with the Justice Incarnate, the Hall of Heroes characters uh, from uh, Multiversity. And again, much like Crisis on Infinite Earths, we get into this scenario where um, there are, you know, in addition to the main Earth, there are five other Earths remaining. And these Earths are ones that um, are primarily aligned with, with doom, with evil. So we've got uh, Earth 3, which, you know, is the, the crime syndicate Earth. Um, and on, on that Earth, we have uh, Jon Stewart, the Just Imagine Wonder Woman and President Superman, um, Earth X, which is the the Nazi Freedom Fighters Earth, uh, where Guy Gardner, Captain Carrot, and the Kingdom Come Kid Flash are hanging out. Um, Earth 29, which is Bizarro, Hal's there. Earth 43, which is Red Rain, Kyle is there. Earth 50, which is the Justice Lords Earth from uh, the DC animated universe, which is super fun. And Simon and Jess are there. Rare, rare Simon Baz appearance. Um, are we so ever we have gonna all... see that? By the way, I'm sorry, interrupt, Zach. Are we ever gonna see them have oh. stories without the other one, or no? Are are Baz um, and, and Jessica just always gonna be together? No, Jess has been by herself in Justice League Odyssey this whole time. We haven't seen Simon since the end of uh, Humphreys' Green Lantern run. Uh no, we just got a we just got a Baz story. Where? Uh, in one of those anthologies. Yeah, he he was at oh. like a, a fair or something with his family. That, that anthologies don't count. I mean, okay. like in continuity. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, like in continuity, like Simon hasn't really done much. Um, so yeah, we have the these uh, five Earths with the with the tuning forks, and the characters are kind of trying to bring these down. And this issue is primarily centered on John Stewart and Alman on Earth three. And my goodness, like it is just so good. Um. I've never liked Alman more than um, yeah. because he's basically just he's he's pissed that he has kind of been supplanted as the you know the true dark mirror to Batman by the Batman who laughs and how he just keeps going on and on about how he's such a much better idea than <laughs> the Batman who laughs uh, which I agree with and over the course of the issue he you know we get kind of a, a recap a streamlining of um you know everything that's kind of happened over snyder and tynion's work on justice league much like how uh, speed metal streamlines wally's uh story with like you mentioned brian with dr manhattan and heroes in crisis and all of that this is kind of a recap of everything that they've done um and there's a great bit where um john says something like uh he says uh, there was a bit about a totality seven forces legion of doom but you but you get the gist yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because i don't remember well, i remember almost nothing about like what the totality was i still don't know if we got those seven forces all of that it's very like flippant with the story but it actually explains everything in a way that i think makes more sense than it ever has to me um which, which, as far as how everything slots together and connects and and works within each other, um, so that that was good. But over the course of kind of this history of the DC multiverse, uh, Owlman kind of comes to realize 
you know, that he is not the original Owlman. There have been multiple incarnations, and through all of the crises, he um, he survives. And that the scene where he like realizes this is just is so good. Um, there's this there's a part where he is fighting against the baby Batman that Garth Ennis wrote in uh, one of the anthology stories, and. He, he says, like, I'm a great idea and I, everyone will remember me, but you're a dumb idea and no one <laughs> no one will remember you, which is like such a great um, kind of meta encapsulation of really all of the the dark Batman stuff, the, the dark multiverse stuff, not to like say that it's bad or that like the ideas that Scott and company have had, but just like the very much this issue seemed to be about. All, all of these issues really kind of seem to be about like returning to the stuff that I think is good in DC, me personally. Um, and so I, I just ate it up. Um, Captain Carrot is Captain Carrot and Guy Gardner is the team up I never would have expected. Um, <laughs> there's a great bit where like the Kingdom Come Kid Flash is hearing all of the flashes through the multiverse die through the speed force and Captain Carrot gives her this this rousing motivational speech, but he's just like broken on the inside and <laughs> it's so good. Um uh, the art is fantastic. One one Gideon, where where have you been? Mm-hmm. Um very, very good. Uh great writing of the Green Lanterns in this. Um some just great great interactions between all the Earthlanders. I, I can't um I can't dote on this enough. I, I love this issue so much. Yeah. I agree. It's every it's everything you say. And it makes me want uh, uh like a tiny and green lantern. We've talked about this idea before, but like it makes me want him to take over the Green Lantern corner of things and actually have Green Lantern books again. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, it makes me want to see m- way more Juan Gideon because the art is incredible. The art is so good. The lettering Seriously. is really good too. Yep, yep. Who was the letter? I don't, you maybe mentioned that. Um, right? I didn't. Let me pull it up here. I meant to write it down. It's um, Russ Wooten. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm yep. trying to see where Juan Gideon was. I have and... never to my knowledge, read a Juan Gideon book before. He's done some Marvel stuff, something for Skybound. Uh, it's great, anyway. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's great stuff. One of the things that I think will be the, the lasting benefit of this event is that because of the just staggering number of tie-ins, there will have been so many new talents that have been used for these anthology books or whatever, that we're going to see some new creator stars emerge from this. And that's a great thing. DC's needed that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I like this issue a lot. I I will still say that I, I enjoyed Speed Metal more, but that's just because I have more of an emotional connection to the characters in Speed Metal. But mm-hmm. this is a perfectly... Not just, I was going to say a perfectly criminal. It's way better than that. This is a great tie-in. This is a really, really fun issue. This is something that could not have really been done as effectively inside the pages of Death Metal, to go back to what we were talking about before. I think this this stuff will probably have minimal impact on... Like I, I think that essentially this issue is to give Snyder a chance to use Owlman as part of like the, the team that eventually brings down Perpetua. I think that that's the entirety of this sort of overarching purpose for this book, but we got a great book out of it. This is this is like the opposite of Trinity Crisis in a way because there's Trinity Crisis was all about the big idea that didn't deliver and this was all about like a small idea but delivered in the best possible way. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and this is actually this one's interesting. It is to be continued. It says to be continued in the Rise of the New God number 1. Um looking at solicits it's specifically that that one shot is going to have a backstory or a or a a backup a, a backup, yeah, sorry, a backup that is that follows up on the events of this issue. When is that issue coming out? 
I think next month. Um, I'd have to check really quick. That's all right. It just it's soon. It's not. It's not too far down the road. No. Yeah. I mean, it has. To, it, I think it. This is September. October. Yeah, it's either October or November. Okay. There, there, it is getting hard to keep track of how many death metal tie-ins there are. Yeah. Yeah. I, did anyone else get some some Superboy Prime vibes from Owlman here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, it's coming out. So Ri- Rise of the New God comes out October twenty seventh. So okay. we'll talk about it next time, probably. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Zach. Um. Yeah. He. <laughs> I, I did get that a little bit. Owl um, Man essentially discovers continuity. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's fun, and like John Stewart continuing to get the lead billing over Hal is good. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, Kyle getting to do stuff. His hair's all shaggy. He looks good. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I think I just cracked our uh, what the what that what Hal's generation should be doing in DC Comics uh, solution. Which What's is, that? Which is that they should essentially become the UN, that each country gets a classic superhero to be like a diplomat for them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Good. Yeah, I'd take it. So overall, how do we feel this? You know, usually we, we're spending most of our time on a, a, a sole issue of death metal. How do we feel this month did compared to prior death metal months? Pretty good. I think this is the best month of death metal so far, <laughs> like by a long shot. Well, there, 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 there's been the most, the most to sort of chew on in this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that doesn't hurt. Multiverse's end, for for my money, is the the single issue that finally delivers on my hopes for death metal. As far as like how wide reaching and how goofy it is, you know, the the main series has been has been good. We've been enjoying it. I've definitely been enjoying it, and and it is goofy fun. But like this is the one that stretches it beyond its core premise i think by by incorporating more of the multiverse and you know it's it's more expansive than all the others this is what makes it feel like a like a real crisis finally you know i'll also say that i think we we've been pretty high in our praise of both james tynion and josh williamson lately and so just getting those guys on these books have been a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I, DC's got a, you know, I I don't know what Snyder's future is, or or really even Williamson's with the company, but like, if if they want, they've got a really strong core here still to work with. Mm-hmm. I think that those three guys should be tasked with the next DC Weekly. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my goodness, what if oh throw, 52, throw, throw, 52 throw Bendis, done right. Throw Bendis in there with them. Could I you mean, imagine he, Bendis as part of a team on a weekly though? Like I, I think he could I think he could do it too. The I only, think he's a team player. Like I, I, mean, I think he's a team player, but I think his scripts are just so like, I don't know <laughs> sure. that he could do that. You know, that's sure. what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Um Oh man, I'm. So, what if we get a weekly spinning out of death metal? Don't even. <laughs> we, won't. we won't. No, we could though. Somehow it's an esports weekly. Yeah, what yeah. What if it's a digital only? You have to play really? Fortnite to get it, but I'll play Fortnite. Okay. No, Fortnite's barking up the Marvel tree, so. They do DC stuff too. They've had Aquaman. They've had Jason Momoa. They, oh, they have. That's right. That's right. What if we have to read the comic in Fortnite? Sure. And we'll do the podcast from inside of Fortnite from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll do that. Sure. Okay. What if you weirdly, what if you have to read it 
the comics inside of Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Crystal Dynamics Marvel's Avengers. Uh, okay. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, th- these are always fun to do. We'll be back in another month with more death metal stuff. Um, check us out on our regular scheduled episodes about 52 and what's coming after 52. You'll find out very shortly. And um, yeah, take care, folks. Bye. She keeps making you Sam and you'll make it that long. <laughs>